so I reiterate here, the bell is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. I'm your host, Andy Kurt, and I'm here with Vivek Mabubani. And also Rachel Smith from Hong Kong Stories. Very excited to have you here today. Thank you. Once upon a time, we had a podcast, and now we have a guest. There we go. <laughs> He's been planning that all day. At least somebody was planning all day. Yeah. So you can check me out online at Instagram, Facebook. Uh, what else am I on? Twitter, Tinder, all that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not on Tinder, by the way. <laughs> two kids. I've been married for years. Uh, at Andy Curtin on all that stuff. Have you, what's, what social media are we looking for for you, Rachel? Uh, so you can find me at Rachel Smith Studio and you can find Hong Kong Stories at hongkongstories.com. What about Senseless Art? Senseless Art as well. Yeah. You can find me on there too. Yeah. And I've got uh, at Funny Vivek sometimes with the letter M because someone took the other one so yeah and he's trying to hunt him down yeah you're not that funny uh and we are hunting a couple of subscribes at the moment so uh if you can subscribe to the podcast people ask me why you should do that it helps with the algorithms for helping us grow the podcast it's one click do it just click on subscribe if you're on itunes that's the best but anything just subscribe and if you have a keyboard remember you can leave a review and uh, you can click on the ratings. The correct answer is five stars. Yeah, and as the review, just write five stars repeatedly again and again. Copy great. paste. It also so helps if you write down this best podcast I've ever listened to. Second the best. hosts are amazing. <laughs> you know. Well, you just put that for all of them, you see. You don't have to right. worry about people No one's comparing back. <laughs> your reviews. So that is a good segue, though, because today we're talking about Hong Kong stories and Hong Kong's you know, vibrant storytelling community, which you are at the, the pinnacle of, shall we say. <laughs> Uh, and also you've got a big podcast and uh, involved in some other stuff like the Literary Festival. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about how did the scene start? Mm. How uh, different it is from stand-up? Yeah, what makes a good story? Mm. How you can tell when people are lying? <laughs> um, why is it that you want no morals? <laughs> yeah. No morals in stories. We're against morals. And never started by saying, my story is about... We don't do that. Yeah. Don't, and don't interact with the crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you interact with the crowd, but in a different way than stand-up. So when was the beginning of like the current iteration of Hong Kong's story community? Is that what I should, what I should call it? Story community? Well, we would just call it Hong Kong stories, really. I guess so. We're, we're, we're like but there's more like you've like got the Spoken Word Festival as yeah, well. It is a little bit broader than... Well, it's... it's it, 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 Hong Kong Story started it all off in 2012. So there was nothing before that? Nope. Wow. There were no stories uh, in actually, Hong Kong. No, no one. I lie. I lie. There was one. There was <laughs> People one. just told anecdotes with no meaning. Yeah. There was no <laughs> climax <laughs> point. They stood on the street and just talked to themselves. No characters. No. Nothing. <laughs> no, no development. People were just like, work. Yeah. That's it. Something happened. <laughs> it, <laughs> no, I'm wrong because there was another group called Speak. And they did, uh, they did a show in a bar. And, but they let anybody come up to the microphone and talk, so I didn't like well, it. Well, I mean, they are called Speak. <laughs> it's yeah. literally yeah. just saying, do it. Was it, was it a group yeah. or a bar? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it was done at, oh, I can't remember, a bar that doesn't exist anymore. Sure. So that's why there were no stories before. You see, Speak. Mm. There's, there's nothing to it. It's yeah, just like, a problem. Speak. There was, <laughs> a lot of, there was a lot of dogs, though. Woof. Oh, speak. okay. Well, <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> so, wh- what was the genesis of Hong Kong Stories then? It started off with two guys who uh, really liked the moth. Yeah. 
in the US and they wanted something like that in Hong Kong. So they decided the only way they were going to get it was to start it off themselves. And they, um, you know, started them off and then got a restraining or got an order to cease and desist because that's not a name that you can use. <laughs> so just so people know, the Moth is a US brand of yes. storytelling yes. and they just use the brand. Yes. They Do you know what? I've seen off. this in comedy so many times. <laughs> so many times. People just go, I like that logo. Yeah. I like that name. Yeah. And I'm just going to change the color. They get a bit. What happens is they get away with it for a couple of years. They succeed. Yeah. And then someone's like, eh. I think they got away with it for one month. See that? <laughs> that that's I the bet you the moth police is it pretty carefully though. <laughs> yeah, they're Google searching the moth every day. What is that? Who's well, using our logo? We're in eight legal battles against insects. <laughs> <laughs> this zoo better to see us in the court. <laughs> I think they wanted to use the moth because it was a nice short form to tell everybody what storytelling was because a lot of people don't have any clue what storytelling is. And we still get regular people coming and saying, we've got a group of six-year-olds. Can you come and tell them stories? And we're like, no, we can't. Sorry. <laughs> well, was we it can, like, but yeah. it's not going to be How do they feel about <laughs> violent sex stories? Yeah. yeah it's exactly. probably a bunch of parents going like, can you come over to my house and tell my kids stories at 10? PM. Well, we had this doing stand-up in mainland China was people would bring their kids wanting them to learn English. Mm. Yeah. They're like, come on. And we're like, this is filthy material. They're like, no, it's fine. He's got to learn it somehow. You know? long <laughs> it's as the alphabet. As long as it helps him in university. <laughs> Do you get that, Rachel? Do you get a lot He's of parents? Five. Uh, not as much anymore because we're fairly well established now, but we do still get parents, especially people who come and tell stories they want to bring their kids. We have a 16-plus advisory, but you can bring your kids if you want as long as they're going to be quiet during the performance. Oh, I don't allow it. I don't want them in there. <laughs> get them out. Well, and I have kids. Yeah. So I, mean, I can see, say. That's why. The last, <laughs> last two years, we've had a couple of people with sort of 12-year-olds will bring them along to listen to mom or dad's story, and then they tend to leave afterwards. But we have also had early days, we had kids who'd come, and, you know, there's somebody talking about their sex change, and it got pretty graphic. <laughs> and, you know, there's this eight-year-old kid in the audience just going, what are they talking about? And mom's kind of going, can I cover their ears without anybody noticing? <laughs> yeah, right, that's not a good look. We don't really get as many of those as we used to. See, the problem <laughs> is this is the spoken so word. Chinese or, or expat, just out of interest? Uh, these ones were expats. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, the problem, though, is that it is spoken word, not red word. So they never read the flyer saying 16 or above. So they probably just were like, oh, uh, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, look at the comedian. Hey, 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 open mic night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking, because like, well. what parents would actually see a, a, a leaflet that says 16 and above advised my, and still go like, my kids are mature. Plenty yep. French people. <laughs> I'm not joking. Oh, every time they come on, mm. every time they come in, we're like, you can't bring your kids in. They're like, but we are French. It's okay. <laughs> we know. <laughs> <laughs> they have already seen. True. Yeah, Our yeah. bedroom door, it has <laughs> no door. <laughs> I would like to just clarify that this podcast, <laughs> each person does not, it does not <laughs> reflect the whole podcast. Yeah. And it's solely per person. <laughs> 75%. All of me and half of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're getting a bit sidetracked so, here. So we had a month of trying to be the moth, and yeah. then what, what, we, what happened after and, that? And then, and then, uh, then they started off doing. Uh, you know, they had they had some shows uh, for about. Uh, it was about six months before I joined. Um, they they set up on Meetup. Oh wait, wasn't this after they changed it to Candlelight or something? The campfire was campfire, the first yeah. one. Uh, ah, yeah. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. a moth. Because they're <laughs> moths that fly around campfires, yeah. so that was a direct copy in relation. The moth, the moth is a campfire. Is the moth? It was the name of their live shows for oh. a long time, I think. And uh, so it was about six months, and then they were putting it up on Meetup, 
and people were finding it through that and you'd go to well what happened to me I went to a a meetup friends of mine were bugging the shit out of me and saying like oh, you gotta go to the meetup it's really awesome but I'm not really a joiner like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so tedious it's only cool if I'm the first person to do it yeah it's just you know you gotta be all enthusiastic yeah. and like other people and stuff like that true and then the, the worst thing about meetup is after the event, whether you went or not, it asks you, how was it? Mm. And you're just like, oh, I feel obliged to have to respond now. <laughs> oh, and they're going to know how I thought it was. And then they'll be thinking, well, you weren't fun either. Why are you complaining about we us? We still recruit through meetup, so I know I'm slamming it here. But <laughs> go to meetup and find I, a Hong Kong I, story. I, I, don't, I don't do much promoting these, like actual like marketing these days, but we use meetup <laughs> in a lot of markets. It's, yeah. it's, Taiwan, it's, I think we use it. It's still a good way to... I don't know even know what it is. Stuff. I just see its name in the market yeah. machine. Well, fair enough. I guess different places, different people. I mean, even if you get a one extra person through a certain, uh, you know, mm. channel. If you're in a new market and you don't have established channels, you got to tap all that stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. And Meetup is a great place for us because it's really community based, and you know anybody can find it. Blah blah blah. And it gives you a bit of a, uh, you know, yeah, it's all in English. You got so to start. You, you got to English, get people so. in somehow. Yeah, exactly. So you get your channels built. Exactly. So that part's, you know, I went to a Meetup. It was around. The only reason I went to it because it was literally around the corner from my house. Like it was almost in the same building, and I was like, "Fine, I'll go there." Fucking man. <laughs> um, and so I went, and and it was these two guys, and they said, "Great, tell us a story." And I told the story about how I met my husband, and they said, "Can you tell this live on stage on Tuesday?" <laughs> I was like, mm, "Okay." So I went and did it, and then once you kind of do it, you did you get hooked straight away? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I love this it. was just uh, like, it's like stand up. Yeah, yeah, once you know it, right? Once you're on, you're like. This is it. It's like stand up without the pain. Or, well, uh, maybe, yeah, I don't well, know. Can really, you bomb? You must be you able can. to bomb. Honestly, like you can, but everybody's still really polite. Yes, there's no polite in, in yeah. stand up. You, you bomb for 20 seconds. They're like, we hate you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're like stand up for people with fragile egos. I have to say, I've done a couple of the story shows. Mm. And as a stand up, people aren't expecting jokes. Mm. And the, the ease to make a story crowd laugh compared to a comedy club, it's like, Oh, Kitty, full Kitty on. Gloves. But oh, the yeah. worst thing, though, with stand-up comedians doing stories, that you have this urge. You to can't kinda, not laugh. You're just like it's so hard to stand there and go. Yeah, I tried it once to do the storytelling thing, and you know, it was weird for me because I'm like, I want to hit a punchline now, but I kind of feel like that's not the point here. You cheapen your story a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, yeah, I got a got punchline here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tell people when they come to the workshops, we say no stand-up comedy routines. Like if it's if you're there there for laughs every time you're gonna die yeah because people aren't expecting that they're expecting you to like stand up and tell a real uh, if you're story. good you can smash the shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah true but if you're but good then you're not doing the every joke every two seconds you're yeah. doing the story i mean i yeah. appreciate that because with storytelling you kind of want to go on an emotional journey Absolutely. slash go into a different world rather than just like tickle me and make me giggle kind of deal so it's a different depth like with comedy we have to kind of hit them on the spot of like that's funny that's a visual that i kind of enjoy yeah with storytelling i'm certain feeling something right and i think that's the problem because like for myself, if I have to make you feel something, I got to feel something and I'm not dealing with my yeah. emotions. And I'm dead <laughs> on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. So. After all these years and those open mic nights of people booing or whatever, I'm yeah. like, you know what? I feel nothing. And all the horrible things you've said through people <laughs> say on stage. Yeah, exactly. So people say to comedians, like, that, that was so offensive. You're like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we don't, you we were don't hooked. Do it that you were hooked. Way. You got yeah, in. You're hooked. like, oh, this is, this is, I need to do this again. Yeah. I was like, this is this is awesome. Not only do I get to tell my stories, which I do ad nauseum to friends and family, but people actually listen to me and like it and praise me for it later. 
There's a certain addiction to it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, like after a while, you kind of have this itch where you're like, I want to, I want to feel that experience on stage, telling people what I've gone through, what I thought of, you know, what's been happening. And it's hugely powerful. Like you're standing there and you're talking to people about, you know, some random little experience you've had, and then after the show, people come up to you and go, Oh my god, you know, same thing happened to me. And you're like, I'm not alone. I also was on a bus one time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So what happened to take it, you know, obviously there's been a pretty big journey from there to where you're at now. Yeah. You're a huge established entity in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it, you know, did you get in there and you're like, all right, this needs organization? God, no, no. I didn't uh, take over until 2016. Um, What's that, four years later, did you say? Mm, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, about that. Um, and that was because the two founders, uh, Tom moved back to the US. Oh, yeah, 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 Tom. And uh, David passed away so he wasn't doing as much organization wow. oh he's doing less after that yeah, yeah he was, yeah. He was uh, <laughs> so much for contributing Why anymore yeah we, we yeah. did try and leave everything to him but it just wasn't past <laughs> yeah. the desk he so. wasn't replying emails yeah, yeah. he's been on an auto responder for rubbish like i'm telling you you just can't rely on people these oh, days she's accusing us of hunting <laughs> of hunting punchlines <laughs> yeah, exactly she just throws out oh yeah this guy he, he passed away we're like whoa what that's a twist uh, yeah, so so uh, in that case, it was it was myself and uh, several other the long term members who took over. And over time, uh, we, we, it's it's definitely a collective organization. Like we all work together, and we all work really hard um, to to do it as a collective as well. But you have pretty detailed processes. Clearly, like you yeah. know, you've you, at some point you've realized you can't just let people go straight on stage. <laughs> Which no. is a big... We still get people every once in a while who go like, yeah, so I'm here. I'm going to go up on stage third. We and you're will like, have... <laughs> I'll have a professional comedian on stage do an hour and people will be like, hey, can I go up next? <laughs> <laughs> what you, do you think this is? The craziest thing is like <laughs> you see the poster, the guy's head is there, it says headliner. It's got like, you know, yeah. Comedy Central, Netflix, yeah. and they're yeah. like, bah, you know, it's got this funny joke about an Irishman. Right. They're emailing you the CV during the show. I uh, just check it out, you know? <laughs> I, less and less probably less in a venue like this, but it does happen. Yeah. Um how can do you have any fun stories of it going? What was there like so, uh, was there like an incident where you're like, bah, we gotta vet him? We oh, can't let him go God, up. Any, yeah. yeah. We had, and, we, and we've had a couple of times where we've had professional people <coughs> come mm-hmm. in. And, and you know, the, sometimes the worst ones are people who have, you know, very Confident. high in their own profession. Oh, and they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a journalist. I could just walk up and do this. I, I do improv. I can walk up and do this. I do this. I can walk up. And, and you're like, no, dude, you have to go to our workshops. And we, we make people go through a lot of hoops to join us. Fair enough. Um, and, you know, we'll get people who go, oh, yeah, I know, I know what I'm doing already. I don't have to come to this. But we have had a couple of people who came in years ago now. This is like 2014, somewhere in there. And we had a couple of people and, and we're like, you got to get that guy off the stage. He's been talking for 12 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the light. There's a red light up there. Mm. Yeah. We're, we're on the stage of the Riff Comedy Club right now. So we have the red light. Yeah. There, and that gets hit a few times. And then we're up the back just shaking phones at him. So actually, it's really similar to stand-up. Because, for example, you have a show and you have guys telling stories. And mm. if someone goes over time, it actually hurts the next person because the people in the audience are getting tired. Especially mm. if right? it stinks. Yeah. 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 
if everyone's into it, okay, fair enough, but still don't go over your time because yeah. you're still killing the rest of the show for everyone else. Now, the one thing I'm actually curious about, see, with comedians, you've got that typical thing, oh, you're a comedian, yeah, tell me a joke, right? <laughs> so with you guys, you get, oh, yeah, you tell stories, tell me something, tell me a story right now. Do you oh. ever get that? Uh, nobody ever says that to us twice because you say, oh, you're a storyteller. Tell us a story. I'm like, have you got 20 minutes? Oh, let's sit that's down. That's great. <laughs> Challenge <laughs> accepted. Oh. Tell them a bad story. <laughs> yeah. oh, you can tell them anything at all, right? You're, yeah, you're like, like I once upon a time, it was a Tuesday in, in February. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And He's you find yourself collecting these things too, right? You're on holiday and you're like, oh my God, that, I can't believe that. That is a story. That just happened to me. That's great. The, I'm going to write get, that down. Yeah, yeah. You get on the hunt for ideas, right? <laughs> to some extent, yeah. And then when you're sitting there talking to other people and when you're in the workshops, you're also going, oh, you had that experience? Oh, well, wait to hear this experience. Sure, oh. yeah. Because it's all... It's like tough in comedy. I don't know if you have this, but you get people have similar experiences. Mm. So, and whoever got the joke first, it's theirs. Um, so, you can't... You're just going to give it to them. Yeah. yeah. And people yeah. will go, but it happened to me as well. It's like, doesn't matter. They yeah. did the joke first. Well, wouldn't it be that if someone had such a unique experience, they'd be able to tell a similar story, but in their own signature and take? Wouldn't in that be it? storytelling, it's not as competitive in that way because you are telling it in a different way and you can tell your stories in very different methods. Like sometimes you tell a story that when nothing really happened, but the story is all about what happened inside your head. Or the panic that you went yeah, through. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't. I just mean there could be parallel thinking. Yeah. 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 And, and we curate our shows as well. So, so you can weed it out things, a little bit. Yeah. One of the great things about our, our hosts, our, our group, is that our hosts are different each time. So the stories, I like certain stories. So my shows will be like stories that I like because that's the control that I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't choose stories I don't like. Go to somebody else. But that means that each show is a little bit different naturally already. And if I've got two stories that are very similar, I'm just going to say, you know, next month, go and see that person. Yeah. They're hosting. So I, they're feel like, next month. I feel like in the grassroots art scene, mm. quality control is a long game. It is. It is. And, and you gotta, you got to fight a little bit. you got to go up against... Because it's easy to not have quality... quality con, not having quality control is the easy route. Yeah. That's the keep everyone happy route. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then the show it's suffers. It's not easy to go to people. Your story stinks. Yeah. You can't do the show. Because we're, we're dealing with people with fragile emotions. Oh, you know? yeah. the guys Especially like, when it's like, but my grandma died. Yeah. yeah. You're like, but it wasn't interesting. Yeah. She just she, she died at the age of 80. She was <laughs> smiling in bed. Age. No one <laughs> wants to hear that. We <laughs> workshop stuff so that we make it interesting. Like right. We can teach anybody how. Yeah, you're like, what if your grandma was killed by aliens? I'm just saying. You see, this would be great for people who have relationship problems where, like, the girlfriend's like, you're so boring. You're like, wait a second. I'm going to get someone to make this interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell her my day. <laughs> Tell me what I did today. You'd be a relationship consultant. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like our group, we can make any story interesting told by anybody, but they have mm -hmm. to be willing to work. And that's the thing. They have to be willing to change the story. <laughs> so you get people wow. who come in and they're really boring and they're not willing to change the story. You've gotten out. You're like, yeah, sorry, you just don't fit in. Uh. And there's a selection process. You've got to pitch your story to us. Wow. It's, like, it's not just anybody. your story. It's, it's you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try next we, month. You we, could be somebody else's I just problem. say that? <laughs> yeah. We email. Yeah, exactly. Right. We I also give you hints of like, you know when you told that story, this part was really good, but you're missing all the details there. Or you know you've got a lot of detail here, but you don't get to the action of the story until like How much five minutes in. You need to cut that. Uh, how much yawning did you notice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's how you judge. You're like, okay, guys, with comedy, we look for laughs per minute. 
this is how many yawns per minute. Yeah, we're allowing one maximum, <laughs> and then you're out. <laughs> with, with storytelling, we're, we're, it's so much easier than with comedy because we're not looking for laughs. We're looking for can you connect with the audience? And our, our one of our spiels is that. So, what, what, what makes a good story? A, a connection that it can be felt by other people that you can tell a story and they can be there with you like they've experienced it themselves. So you've brought them into your world or they are they have a parallel experience yeah. that they can if kind of go like, oh, I Is it that. predominantly non-fiction that people are telling? Oh, we only tell true stories. So it's only true stories. Only true stories. We, we are very narrowly Have focused. you ever busted anyone for lying? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> how, how does that go down? One of my favorites was this woman who came to a pitch workshop. And I think that the show, I can't remember, it was something about Valentine's Day. So it's something about love. And she comes to this pitch workshop and she's got like five pages of notes with pictures. And she's telling this story about this teacher who had sexually possibly molested, possibly it was consensual, but she was underage, blah, 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 blah. And she's, there's photographs. And she's telling the story. And she kept changing the pronouns. Like she kept going, I, I mean, we, I mean, I, I mean, he, uh, I. Uh. and you're like, like, take your softcore porn yeah. and shove it up your ass. You're like, you're not just a <laughs> bad <laughs> storyteller. You're yeah. also a bad liar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if someone comes on stage and so the other day I, I ordered a pizza and the guy came with a pizza without the sausage. <laughs> now I was confused and you're like, yep, I've seen that before. That's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you're not fooling me. Well, <laughs> the, the thing is when you're in the workshop, you're asking a lot of questions around it and it's very obvious when somebody's telling a story for the punchline or they're telling the story for the reason um, it's it's obvious, and you, you just but then kind of feel how much it. of it ends up being like kind of improvised in a way or, or scripted? As in, like, do a lot of people have their whole story memorized, or oh, yeah. oh it's like full on proper memorized? You're performing an actual scripted That's story. That's correct. Oh. We do every we we need a like most are are written out. We have two or three different rehearsals. I mean, you we're get many full cho- on. do you get many people choke? Oh, occasionally, but honestly, we've had, okay, so so one time there was this lady who was talking about um, being a leftover woman. Uh, she's Chinese, and she was in her 30s, and, and she wasn't upset for herself, but she was upset because her father felt that she was being left behind. And it was a really emotional story. It was beautifully told. And she started kind of choking up on stage, and she just looked over at the host and goes, I need a hug. The entire room is at this point clapping and going, you're fine, you're fine, keep going, you're good, you're good, it's all good. And it, like everybody just waited, she had a hug, she continued talking. It was brilliant. Yeah, see, that's a critical difference from standing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, I'm like, Imagine wait like, a I need second. I'm from the MC. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, get out of here. Never come back. <laughs> that's what I, was, I was thinking, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. See, that's the difference. With storytelling, I think the, the whole team is kind of on your side. Yeah, With well, comedy. I, you know what? I, in a comedy language, the, the likability game is very different. It, we're, we're in a struggle to make them like us. I feel like in stories, maybe. They already like like you got to do something pretty bad to make them not like you. Yeah, yeah. you absolutely have to. I mean, it, storytelling death is lecturing, going up and telling people stuff like, "Okay, here's storytelling death." Women love shopping because I'm sitting there as a woman in the audience. I'm going to fuck you. So Chris Rock, like not it. a good storyteller. <laughs> yeah, not great, right? Because so, so we change the language yeah. in the rehearsals and say. In my experience, a lot of women love shopping. Okay, now I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. You're like, no, no, yeah. Sarah loves shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. wife loves shopping. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Limit it to the only one you know. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, That's or, an old know. trick, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. You make gender-based or whatever-based commentary by just targeting it on but an individual, you know? See, that's the thing with... with 
comedy, sometimes the comics are out there to kind of have a fight with the audience. Mm. You know, we'll where you kind of you pick a fight in a way, but it, you know, you can play around with the dance where you're mm. kind There's of different offending kind them. Kind of comics. There's yeah. people who are very likability driven. And yeah, the crowd's just gonna love them no matter what they say. Mm-hmm. There's other people who are gonna kind of piss them off the whole way through. Anyway, we're not talking about yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> we're sorry. Totally now, I'm, I'm actually sorry. curious about one thing now. Storytelling. See, uh, what is considered hacky? You know? Yeah, that's, that's what a I really want to know. Like, yeah. for example, with comedy, let's say Andy went up on stage did a French accent. That's hacky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I would say what's been done. Yeah, we 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 cut out the accents if we possibly can. Like if so, it's that not, is hacky for if you. If it's not, well, it's not that hacky. It's fucking offensive. Right. We're not mm-hmm. trying to offend anybody. In fact, we're trying to keep everybody on our side at all times. Mm. So if you go up and you do uh, an Indian accent and it's awful and you're not Indian, you don't have any background in it. I was going to say, what if it. you're Indian? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like... <laughs> if it's like, your mom's see, accent, the, the, that's totally cool. Now, I'll uh, use an example. Now, I'm curious about this. So, I'm Indian, but I have a kind of weird American-ish accent. But what if I yeah, do my Hong story? Yeah, Hong Kong, American, whatever. I don't know, combination. I am Vivek Law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's the question. If I were telling a story about my life in Hong Kong, and it involved my, my Hong Kong Chinese friend and my Indian grandparent. Yeah. Would it be all right if I'm like, hey, so the other day my grandfather said, hey, what is this? And my my friend said, Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely, but there's okay. the authenticity. And storytelling is all about authenticity. And you're also Indian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can get so, away. I'm Asian too, so the Chinese I part. I was like, I was here, I heard Vivek's parents talk the other day, and they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So immediately, <laughs> both of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's immediately offensive, yeah. though. Yeah. We're going to acoustically that. take away the bobbling head that you just <laughs> did. <laughs> no, we're going to remove that. So you won't feel it in the podcast, but he really did that. <laughs> I'll, feel, I'll, I'll put the mic shake. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 we we stay away from accents because the what we so accents people, is hack and storytelling. I mean, it's unless, easy. So unless it's more it's, about being offensive. But, but but is there something that's unless done? it's your storytelling, unless well, it's your accent. But is there something that you feel when you hear it? You're like, I've heard this too many times. No, because everybody that's what hack is. Their only their own story. So really? you haven't heard it the way they've told it. If somebody comes up and tells you a story that you've heard a hundred thousand times, you're not going to select them for the show. Hmm. So who cares? So no originality or you don't feel that it's fully original. They're just kind of doing the same typical topic of like, oh, I went to a bar, tried to pick up someone, didn't work out. Yeah, we uh-huh. don't do the whole like, I went to Lang Kui Fung and picked up this chick and then I picked up this other. T-. You're like, yeah, dude, first of all, it's not true. Yeah. Because um, you wouldn't be up here telling us about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. So, like, because we have a, a, a bar of truth to start with, we get rid of all that shit to begin with. Like, we don't need to deal with all that stuff. What oh. do you feel has been in, in what you've done with it, like kind of uh, the, the big moments, like big show or, 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 or a moment when you felt like you'd hit a new level? Uh, the moments when the whole crowd is crying. Just, wow. but, it, but I mean like a, literally like an individual date or something. Like, mm. like what's um, the biggest show you've done? The biggest ones we've done uh, are with the Literary Festival, probably 200 people at JC Cube, um, sold out show. It feels pretty good when that happens. Yeah, but 200 people. JC Cube's the, the new space in uh, Tycoon. Tycoon. Yeah, very nice room. Very nice. It is. It is. Uh, the lights don't go it, down. It's weird. Okay, so it's, it's, a it, it's a really, yeah, it's a lecture room. It's really bizarre. So it's a small cube, literally a cube, lecture room style seating. So it's like really sloped up, right? And you don't really go, you don't have a back uh, green room or a back room dressing room. You just literally walk in through the same entrance <laughs> that the audience does. There is a green room. They just didn't let you use it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they probably looked at me. They're like, yeah, you don't need <laughs> a green room. the Indian guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the other thing about the JC Cube is the seats are so comfortable yeah. in the audience. 
again. It's not good, right? Can you tell us a little bit about the Literary Festival? Did you, did you guys, that was existing before you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Literary Festival, they're in the 20th year now. Um, and we've been, we did shows at the Literary Festival for three years in a row. Last year, we didn't have a show. They had a new director, so we weren't... Um, I, part of it. I remember doing it with, when Tom was here. I, we, I did the literally literary, li- death, literary match. death match. Yeah, yeah. I was like one of the commentators. The I think they had like three, right? One's like a drama guy. One's like a was story. Was that with the Lit Fest? I think so because it was at Fringe Club. I wasn't really involved in that one, so I don't know. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah. we have had, um, since 2014, we've had our own um, week of comedy, or week of comedy. <laughs> hey, say, see, affecting The subconscious mind speaking. I can feel a carapace growing on me already. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just bobble your head a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> okay, just edit that thing. We're going to take that out again. No, no effect I'm, over there. Yeah. <laughs> just going to draw your attention to the dress that I'm wearing today, <laughs> just in case you guys got offensive. This is my duck dress. That's <laughs> great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what I was going on. You're talking about the literary... Yeah, so we were involved in that, but we've had our own called... Uh, Spoken Word Festival. Was, uh, well, we had Story Worthy Week for a bit, and then we had Top Notch, but they're all basically Hong Kong stories putting on our best of the best. So we bring back the best stories, the most... Uh, commanding stories from the past 12 months that must be pretty good you can stack up a best of show i feel like that'd be a pretty strong show it's a good story but all all of our shows are strong they're kind of always i I know that sounds really hacky and weird but no 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 just wildly overconfident yeah no but they they are they're all unique and they're all different well i think based on the way you've been talking about how you vet different people you go through the process you're not just like whatever come tell a story it's like you properly actually have a qc quality controlling everything so it it would make sense that the shows are actually everyone's coming here almost cheering up Do do you have a what's the balance like between local and uh foreign uh so for uh, for a very long time we were mostly foreign um, because we do only speak in English, so um, we tried in Cantonese twice. I was in one of the Cantonese shows. <laughs> which is how's, your can- how's your Cantonese? Mola. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying because I didn't Dude. know what that was saying. <laughs> well, this is the only show, okay? So I've done a lot of spoken word and a lot of, uh, you know, storytelling and a lot of um, shows. This is the only show where it was at the Fringe Club. We had about 40 people in the audience. I'm telling the story about how in Cantonese class you uh, you learn how to buy fruit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the first thing you learn. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, and then tomorrow it's like, they go, Taizi. I can't remember how to say grapes now. These grapes, how much are they? And and I'm holding up cue cards because I know my Cantonese is shit, right? Like, I know it's hard to understand. Um, but I'm not saying anything too complicated. So I'm holding up cue cards and I get to oranges and I go, Ligo Chang, how get it here And the entire audience, there's this intake of breath that's audible and they go, Tang. Oh, they're oh. correct. Right. Can I correct your pronunciation? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've done stand up in Mandarin, same thing. <laughs> I'm halfway through a punchline there like it's chungs I'm like shut up that's hey. the punchline <laughs> I envy you guys I say my Cantonese perfectly so I don't get this experience but yeah I think that's a really different experience because even with Cantonese uh, storytelling mm. the audience themselves because first of all honestly in Hong Kong in Cantonese language storytelling isn't a common thing you do at home so no one's actually got this habit of I want to tell you a story Right. It's literally like bed, speak, you know, that kind of thing. And so when you tell someone, come tell a story, not only are we lost with the idea of like, oh, really? I don't know. Number two, we're so not used to telling it. We don't even know how to tell stories anymore. 
So that's actually what's happened a lot of times. Why did it become more local, do you think? Uh, Because uh, people come to practice their English, which is great, to practice public speaking, which is great. There's another group that I I won't mention. Um, (laughs) For the record, that was (laughs) not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, That that a lot of people go to for public speaking help, um, but it's very commercially based and it's very... You know, let's how let's to improve a presentation kind of thing. Yeah. How to do a PowerPoint with better emotion. You can't say us and ahs. Yeah, it's it's and then people go, Okay, well this is great. I've won all the accolades, but I'm still a crap storyteller. I think <laughs> because without the slides. Yeah. So, so they come to us. And and that must have really given a big diversity to the, you know, perspectives that you're getting oh, in the yeah. shows. Yeah, you, you, to get people to tell that story and to pull all the details out of them and say, okay, well, that's nice. I'm glad that you have a moral to your story, but now take that out because we don't do morals. Oh. Like if you're Is that moral, a real thing? Yeah. You get morals wow. out of there. Do, don't, do, do not stand on our fucking stage and tell people, and the moral of this story, because if it isn't obvious in your story. Your story then, sucks. Yeah, your story sucks. It shouldn't be up there. Like you should not lecture to us. I'm sorry. What's so interesting? That is a lecture. I mean, what's interesting is because, like, back in school, you always taught you got to end the thing oh with the summary, God. and because we will kind of wrap it up and everything. I mean, even with other speech association slash groups, they're always like, "So, what's the conclusion? We need the b- opening lines." Oh, okay. Because I've always had a that out of our storytellers as quickly as possible. Like, please don't start. And most people, when they come to a workshop, of course, they start their story. So this is a story about me and my brother, and you're like. Yeah, we're going to find that out in a minute when you tell <laughs> us. Like, you don't need to tell us what the story is about before you start talking. That's the so point of the storytelling. So there's a lot of work. In the, how many workshops do people do before they get to the stage? Um, so typically it's about a month and we how, do well, at least four. So, so once a week to yeah, get in Yeah, at least there. four. There's more. one final rehearsal that you must be at and there's a lot of back and forth between the host and the storyteller. So you send in a written copy or a recorded copy. It's a lot of work for you. But it's workshopped within the group as well. So you've got, you've got eight people who are, eight people in a host who are working together to get all those stories down. It is a lot of work, which is another reason why I change hosts every month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, host got to work, man. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Oh, for sure. And everybody does it for free, which is weird. <laughs> So tell me, so you've also got a massive podcast now. Yes, we do. When did you start that? Enormous. <laughs> <laughs> we started the podcast in 2017, but really 2018. Yeah, and it's, uh, it sounds like a pretty steady growth as well. Yeah, it's pretty good. We, we get a good number of listeners who are up you know, past 100,000, which is nothing for something in English language in the US or something, but for Hong it's Kong, it's a lot. It's, Actually, it's, it's amazing. A lot. The average yeah. podcast gets 150 yeah. downloads, so yeah. you're well so beyond we're way, that. We're way above that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that must have, how did that change what you were doing to have the podcast as well? The podcast is really something like we're asking people to put in a hell of a lot of work to come up on stage. No one gets paid during this whole process. All the proceeds go back into hosting our shows and advertising and stuff like that. Um, so we're asking people to do a hell of a lot to get up there. And it was a way of record or of rewarding our, our storytellers. Like if you come up and tell a story. You'll be podcasted. And capture the moment as well. Like they yeah. can always go back to it afterwards. Yeah. And then they can use it as a brag and they can use it as uh, people have used it for work presentations before and said, this is what I sound like when I'm recorded. So, But then what's like the growth path? I mean, with comedy, you would think, okay, you start with a club, then you can maybe do some festivals, do your own show. And but just people aren't going. trying to be professional, right? Like, well, yeah. No, no, right? So storytelling is more of I'm enjoying myself it's yeah. it's i'm really thoroughly enjoying so the incentive is very different very different um uh-huh. we just started last year we started doing a 
student story slam competition, which does not roll off the tongue. I'll have to admit, because I do the hosting for the podcast, and that is like abbreviated as story slam so competition. So story slam <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good warm up. That. Good warm up exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Unique <laughs> New York student <laughs> story slam. Bumblebee. Um, that uh, I I did an interview podcast for a long time in Shanghai, and what. Someone pointed out to me, which I didn't realize as I was, as I was doing it, was it was becoming kind of a time capsule of that era in Shanghai. And you must have a similar thing. You must be getting all these perspectives that represent the city, right? Oh, for sure. We get all kinds of things that are, are very focused on here and now in Hong Kong and also an era of your life. I mean, that's a tiny slice of your life that you're holding up there and saying, judge me for it. And it's always positive. <laughs> Storytelling uh, such a feel-good community. So jealous, so jealous. <laughs> ah, I just never heard now, of this. let me ask you this. So let's say someone's performing on stage, right? A storyteller, mm. they're doing their story, and they're not doing too well. The other performers, what are they feeling like? With comedy, it's highly likely while you're bombing on stage, you've got someone laughing in the back, and they're known as comedians, mm. right? They're enjoying the fact that you're struggling on stage. Yeah, someone loves you, you, you shit in the bed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In love with that. Someone's having this. It's so hard. (laughs) And they'll laugh like you'll get. (laughs) And then you'll do this. this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the little delayed. Yeah, that that bomb. Next. These are amazing. I can't. Yeah, we've got. We've got. uh, So the way we set up our stage is is a bit indicative of what storytelling is like. You've got one guy up in the middle of your stage in front of a microphone, all by themselves underneath the spotlight. But you've got eight other people sitting four and four on either side of you who if you're stumbling they're going you were in Singapore oh yeah yeah I was in Singapore it's cool so they're there supporting you they're the oh, first man. ones to clap wow you, you mean mess. like they're let's going, say you can do it when you're messing wow, up wow so like halfway through your story so the line yeah and you get a response yeah absolutely. wow I would love that that would be crazy. Imagine so doing Surprisingly, everyone has their own Rob Schneider in the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a you stunt double. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's Cut his head off. <laughs> we are the friendliest That's really way supportive. of doing presentations. It's almost like you're nice people. Like, yeah. What's <laughs> are, going on? That's what it's like. Are only what like nice mean? people who have good stories to tell. <laughs> it seems like... <laughs> nah, we have our share of assholes as well. Uh, Myself included at times. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I guess <laughs> you have to balance. About it. It's a very zen <laughs> thing. You have to balance I mean, good and bad. That's what happens yeah. when you don't get any judgment. <laughs> yeah, right? Just, everyone's just smiling. Okay. Everyone judges you like, I guess I can be an asshole. <laughs> we also bet the story. So if somebody's up on stage and, they're in, and, and you know as the host, they're a bit of an asshole. The audience doesn't know because you've already edited their stories, so they sound nice. Right. right? You've, like you've, you've added gone, a bit of humility in them. You've gone and said, you know when you say that, you sound like an asshole. Ah. Take that out of your script. And okay. they do, and they change it, and it's great. And you've got, you know. So they, Wow. I mean, I guess the egos are very different with comics. I mean, if you come up to a comedian, like, hey, man. Uh, oh, it's you, tough to give you, feedback. Yeah, you should do it this way. You're like, uh, no, I yeah. should do it my way, no, and I, you should write a new joke. The best yeah. I ever get is like, oh, thanks. And then they never do it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, if, if the host says to you, you should do it this way, and you say, no, I don't think I will, you say, you should really pitch for next month because uh, I'm not the host you should be working with. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if we're booking someone, they're already on the path to being professional. Yeah. So we don't fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I think that. So that's a different different benchmark, I suppose, with comedy. Where you don't have to have the kitty gloves on with them. They're yeah. there because they're good. Yeah, yeah. You, you come on stage, you better be ready on your own. You figure it out. And if you're not, you're in trouble. And you're on your own on stage. Our people are not professionals. We are by nature amateurs. Okay. When we get up on stage, yeah. We, we, most of the people who get up there have never done public speaking before. They've never told a story on stage before. And they've come along for the experience of it. And most of them get hooked and they come back over and over again. 
Um, so I had a few questions from our uh, WhatsApp group for the podcast. A question from Peter Ballock. He said, do you feel there are any areas that are taboo or unpopular for stories? I mean, it's mostly just how you tell the story that's taboo. You know, uh, we like to put up whatever we can. We have problems with um, politics in Hong Kong at the moment because that's a really divisive issue. And again, we don't want to alienate half of our audience. So when you're telling your story, if your story comes out as, oh, you blue people are like this and you yellow people are like that, you're telling the wrong story. But we've had a few storytellers who've come up and told stories about political events that have happened. And it's almost like not till the very end do you realize, oh, they're on this side or the other. That's a really well told story. The audience is all with you no matter what side they're on. They're feeling what you feel and they're, they're experiencing what you experience. And they're like, yeah, I can see how that could be that way, even if I'm on the other side. So you do get taboo sort of stuff. But if you tell your story well, you can still have your audience there with you. So keep it more multidimensional then, mm. right? Not to skew on one way of this is a right or wrong or black or white. It's more like colorful and touch upon everything. And at the end, I mean, people judge for themselves. Okay, based on what you said, I kind of feel that you are on this angle or this mm. tangent. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you Again, if you go up there and you're telling the story about, you know, everybody, this is the way things are. It's not a story. It's a lecture. Okay. So, so knowledge is not the key here. It's really just not. emotion. emotion right? Yeah, emotion. And honesty, I guess. Yeah. So we had another question from Sean. He said, what, do you have any like, thoughts on free speech changing here and uh, affecting you? I have a lot of thoughts on that. I don't think we have long enough on this podcast <laughs> for me to go through them all. <laughs> can, we get, can we bang it out? Uh, can, can we? Uh, uh, changing Hong Kong stories? No, because um, Hong Kong stories is all about finding that humanity within the story rather than the politics within the story so you think you're apolitical enough that you wouldn't pop onto a radar in the near future or? absolutely yeah. yeah if you if you can't keep the politics out if you can't tell your story from a human-centric point of view we don't want you on our stage right so you, you, your need for a lack of politics precedes but I think because what might happen, you know, politically here. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's because the focus isn't on the judgmental. It's the emotion. And yeah. whether whichever side you're on, emotions are involved. Yeah. And usually you're on one side because of emotions anyway, mm -hmm. right? With yeah. politics especially. If we have somebody come to our, our shows and, and pitch a story that's clearly one side or another and they can't bring it into um, getting that human-centric point of view, they're not welcome up on our stage. Um, free speech or not, it's it's. It's just not what you do, right? No, it's it's not. It's we're not, not a platform for motivating or political speech or anything like that. We're a platform for sharing human-centric stories. So, would you ever pull someone off a stage if they're just like going off on a tangent? Yeah, what would you? Yeah, how do you pull them off? Yeah, if they go out, they, you got they, a hook. You got the shepherd's hook. <laughs> 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 We've only had it happen a couple of times, and it hasn't happened. In Anyone throw years? tomatoes? No. Fade out the mic slowly. <laughs> I've, I've done that. Throw the music on. Kill the mic. <laughs> Try beating my sound system, motherfucker. We have we have had a couple of people who've come up with their own agendas. They've they workshopped their story, and then they've come up and gone. Right. So the story that I was gonna tell, and and it's literally the host going up and saying, "Yeah, that's not the story you're telling tonight, though." Thank you. Everybody clap now. Go sit down. No way. How wow. often does that happen? That's not a, very just often. interrupts and just cuts them yeah. off. Uh, this is not what we agreed on here. Wow. You, getting up on our stage is a privilege oh, that we afford you. It is that's not a right. Be like, that's like, you know, if you go to like 
like the Formula One, you kind of want to see the cars crash. I feel like that's the bit you want to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so imagine you're sitting there in the audience. You've just heard six stories that were absolutely amazing. This guy comes up and wanders on about whatever political agenda or social agenda or personal agenda he's got. And it's not... Oh, I don't want to hear his story. I want to hear the MC being like... <laughs> You're out. <laughs> yeah. No, say, well, we just go up and say, thank you very much. You cover up the microphone and you say, please sit down now. And then <laughs> you, you, there's no way that is a smooth <laughs> Matt, if I, if I, You're like, you know, yeah. it's really cool. We just say, yeah. Yeah, well, they can tell you a story. No, seriously. And it's only like, happened oh, a couple sorry. of times, but people are pretty good about it. Wow. wow. They're there for a reason. They well, wanna, I mean, see, that's one thing I know about <laughs> crowds, you talk about likability. You do that, you wow. pit, the crowd must hate the person. There must be I mean, a real animosity for the person fucking the show, right? Well, I guess the crowd would kind of see going like, okay, I see why the host had to do that and they yeah, could no, appreciate it. No, I'm thinking it. the crowd would be on the side of the host. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowds are usually, like, we've only had it happen twice, but the crowd has always been on the side of the host. But it's more just that, you know, they're, okay, what's next? Wow. The next guy gets up, they've forgotten all about it by then. <laughs> but, it's but, fine. The but the host is still kind of nice about it. I mean, if I were the host, I would be like, all right, so thank you very much. That's your story. Uh, you can unfollow him on Instagram. You can unfollow him on Facebook. I love <laughs> the idea of being apolitical, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah. you get up, you're like, I I'm not going to say which political party I'm in, but I was being beaten up by a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we had somebody come up and tell this really amazing story about how she... Um, was caught by her parents because they found zip ties in her backpack uh -huh. and it she told it so beautifully like it and was then it turned out she was actually just a concert producer <laughs> no at no point did she state her political point of view she just told about how the emotional roller coaster that she went on when her family found these zip ties in her backpack and and what that meant to her and her family's relationship that's wonderfully specific. Wow. Yeah, I like that. It was beautiful. It was beautifully done. I think that's smart. So basically, you're kind of indirectly leaving a blank for the audience to fill in themselves. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. The audience is clever. They oh, know what they're doing. Okay. They okay. know what the story is. Do you guys ever get hecklers? Occasionally. Though it's usually somebody who's had a bit too much drink. So it's at the, the drinking, break. right? It's not it's someone who's just there to mess Australians. it up. <laughs> Apolitical. British, We're British very people. <laughs> you just think they're Australian. No. No. <laughs> but not very often. And honestly, our hecklers are always quite. Was the funny. show where like, there was? Why? Why'd you have zip ties? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, no, we've never. We did have one. I don't know. There was some pineapple on pizza once, and there was a little oh, bit of. Oh, that's no. a big controversy in my yeah. country. Right, let's like, let's keep it apolitical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 I mean, so food is food. Let's feel good. But the the person on stage was just like, uh huh, and as I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> Because we're not comedy. So the thing about hecklers is they only want to heckle if they get the attention because they're pulling the attention away from the person on the stage. And no one pays them any attention, so they shut up. Well, I suppose, I mean, if someone's coming to listen to stories, they're, they're kind of a different state of mind, mm. you know? Like, there's no challenge. No one comes in with their arms crossed going like, all right, make me feel. Well, yeah. there's, also, no one's <laughs> there's also, I'm guessing there's also less interaction. The yeah. problem with heckling is you, you permit some people to talk. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't realize it's... That yeah. Some people don't appreciate that it's controlled, you know? Yeah. In fact, it's another thing we take out during the workshopping process, you know... Interaction. Absolutely. Take it out. Take it right out. We get people who come in and they say, so you know how it feels when this happens to you, right? Has it ever happened to anybody else? And we're like, yeah. Clap your hands yeah. if you also have yeah. zip ties. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's not. This guy knows comedy. what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you're not a professional and you don't know how to deal with that. Uh -huh. So take it out. 
So we'd get the people to take that out right from the beginning before they get up on stage. That's fascinating. Wow. I mean, that reminds me of, you, you, know, know, you, you know, like on TV, sometimes you have that, those guys on the couches and the camera slowly zooms in and they turn to the camera like, oh, you're here. And they start telling their story, right, <laughs> by, the, by the fire. For the record, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they have it in the so cultured the, world, the you know, outside of Australia. Right, our TV is just pizzas with pineapple, all right? Uh, and zip ties. <laughs> and zip ties. <laughs> uh, we're going to zip tie the box. And then the two political parties in Australia. There's the, the zip tie yeah, rights. Yeah, exactly. And the pineapple rights. Wow. What if you like zip ties and pineapple? Yeah, wow. then, well, then you have to move to Hong Kong. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so it's a little hard in the current environment for you to tell people when they can go and see the next show. Mm. But how do we come and see? You've got to have some stuff coming up hopefully some booked at the, the riff maybe well we can't wait to to actually perform here because if you guys haven't been to this venue listeners <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you haven't been to this venue before it's really awesome and it brings it up another lo- notch so it's pretty cool so we're excited about coming here and performing um but uh upcoming shows at the moment we're going to be at the fringe in june and july um our website hongkongstories.com uh you can find all the information on there we update it as soon as possible and uh, we, you can listen to our podcast, which also has the same name, weirdly, hmm. <laughs> which is handy. Hong Kong <laughs> stories. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's cryptic. You didn't go with moth again? No, yeah. no, we tried. But again, the season Type exists. one, get two. Wow. <laughs> Efficiency. HongKongStories.com. The only thing we don't have is the Facebook, <sighs> but that's okay. We have Hong Kong Stories page, which makes so much sense, right? Yeah. Okay. But you can find us anywhere else. I am super, super excited to catch the next show. And thank you so much for coming on today. It was awesome. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.